So I wanted to talk a little bit about money, specifically my money and how much money I've made as a developer over the last five years, a few things around how I negotiated my salaries, a couple things that I wish I would have done differently. I feel like there may have been some missed opportunities when I first got started at my very first job and then things that I learned along the way about negotiating and just where I'm at now and how much money I'm making. I remember being very interested in knowing what developers made and what self-taught developers made and like what I could make after working for a while. And if sharing my numbers and talking about this stuff helps people out there, I need to get over the fact that I'm like a boomer. I'm like, I want privacy. It's like, bitch, you're a YouTuber. You don't have privacy anymore. Let's just get right into it and start talking about my first job as a web developer. That was the title that I applied for. And that's the position that I had. When I was applying for the job, I got the job through a recruiter and the recruiter was able to tell me what the salary range was for the position. Now at the time, the job that I was applying for was in Las Vegas. It wasn't remote and it was in office. It was for one of the major casinos in Las Vegas and they were technically a fortune 500 company at one time. I actually accepted that position and took the offer on a Friday after interviewing for about a month. I had an interview scheduled for a different job for the following Monday. And this job opportunity that I was gonna interview for came through a friend that I had met at a meetup. He was actually kind of like my pseudo mentor. It was a smaller insurance startup. And I turned it down because I had a major company that was international and they had a huge presence in Vegas and they were a Fortune 500 company at one point. And I thought that that was a better option at the time because I felt that it would look better on my resume. Looking back now, I do regret not going to that interview on Monday and just chatting it out with the lead developer that was gonna interview me. And of course, I didn't burn any bridges. I made sure to, as soon as I accepted the, the offer at the one place, I went back and, and sent an email and said, hey, I'm not gonna make it. I just accepted another offer. Thank you for extending the opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And then I took the offer from the first job. And that's just one big regret that I always think about because I didn't know how much they were paying. They could have paid me more. They, it could have been a better stack. It could have been a whole bunch of other stuff, a better work environment, but I just, was just so eager to start working as a developer that I took the first thing that came my way and I do regret that a little bit. So heads up, if you have multiple interviews, make sure you interview with everyone. If someone does extend an offer, that means that they like you and they wanna hire you and you have some time to sit on it. Obviously you don't wanna make them wait for weeks and weeks on end, but it's not unacceptable to ask for a week so you can think about the offer and give you a little bit more time to make sure that it's the job you want to take. Let's talk about money at the first job now, since this is what the video title was about. And this is what I wanted to talk about. So at that first job, as a title of web developer in Las Vegas, at the time, it was 2017 when I took that job, I took it for $50,000 a year with a bonus. And the bonus was like five or 10%. It wasn't, wasn't much, but it was a bonus. So it does count towards compensation. But other than that, there wasn't many great perks. Um, there, you know, it was just that salary with a small bonus. Um, and that was pretty much it. I had holiday time and I had some PTO and I had health insurance and all that stuff, but it wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't a full remote office. It wasn't, it wasn't anything, you know, to write home about, but it was my first job and I was really happy taking it for that wage. Since I had a recruiter, I was able to know what the salary range was for this position. This was a full-time job. It wasn't contract or anything like that. So the recruiter told me it was between 45 and $55,000 for my position that they were hiring for. 
I didn't try to negotiate. I shot right down the middle because I didn't want to shoot too high and I also didn't want to shoot too low. So I figured 50,000 was a good enough number for me. It was more than what I was making at the time parking cars. So I was happy with it. In hindsight, I should have negotiated. If you know the salary range and you know what's the max they're willing to pay, ask for that or ask for more than that and then you can come down a little bit. Once you throw out a number, it's very hard to go over that number. You can always come down, but you can never go up. And the feeling of wanting to not miss the opportunity because you asked for too much is normal. But remember, if you're the right candidate for the job and you know that that's what you want to make and you have a good feeling that they really want to hire you, you can always ask for more. Don't be scared to negotiate. That's how you make more money in this field and in this career. And that's how I've always been able to make more money after I learned this from my first job. After working there for a short time, I found out that many of us as the developers in that team, it was a small team of nine, we were all kind of unhappy there. An employee survey came out and kind of shit hit the fan a little bit and management was trying to figure out why a group of employees was just so miserable. And it turned out that many of us were underpaid. My boss at the time was just getting overworked like crazy and he eventually burnt out and left. All of us kind of complained because the way that they treated us wasn't very fair and we had really crappy equipment and we wanted more money. So when we did that, it, it, it stirred up the pot and human resources eventually came back and gave everyone a raise. I remember at the time, the director of our department, when they gave us the raise, was very happy to tell me that I got a raise. And then when I was given the raise, it was $56,000 a year, which was basically $1,000 more than what the max salary range was for my position when I got hired. And I probably could have been making that had I just negotiated in the first place. So then all this did was make me want to move on and find the next job. I had to stick it out a little while to get more experience because at that time I only had about a year of real experience working at this one job. But then eventually I got closer to two years of experience and I started applying for other jobs. Now, my second job was one of those situations where I applied for a ton of jobs. I had a bunch of interviews that went well and then I didn't really hear anything until it all just came at once. I eventually got contacted by a major airline that is located in Las Vegas and they have a stadium you know, named after them for their football team. I don't really want to say the names of the companies that I've had offers for or have worked for because I kind of try to keep that stuff a little bit private. Bitch, you're a YouTuber. You don't have privacy anymore. But this company extended an offer. It was funny how everything worked out because the initial phone call didn't go well. And I think I kind of rubbed the manager the wrong way. And they basically sent me a rejection email. A month later, I get another email saying like, hey, you know what? Uh, our candidate fell through, the position's still available. Do you want to come in for an in-person interview? And I knew at the time for what they were asking for that it was like right up my alley. It was all HTML and CSS. It was That was like my bread and butter at that time when I was first getting started. I really focused on that stuff. So I was decent at that and I knew that I would do well. So I went in, I interviewed and I crushed it. Like they basically offered me a job on the spot after I did my in-person coding interview where I had to basically just build an HTML and CSS page and style it a little bit without, you know, too much help from Google and whatnot in front of four developers on a big screen. They basically said, hey, let's introduce you to the director real quick so you don't have to come back for another interview. And then this will help us get the process going faster. Long story short, 
I, they end up extending an offer like the next day. I negotiate this time. They came in at 70. I shot for 85 because I knew that the cap was like 86 or 87 because this company posted their max salary. Looking back now, I should have just went for the max, but I went as close to the max as possible. They came back and then I finally said, all right, let's let's meet at this number. And the offer came in, it was $80,000 and I accepted this offer. I had like, a year and 10 months of real professional experience at this point in time. And I felt that $80,000 for my second job as a developer was just a great jump to go from 56 after that, you know, crappy raise that they gave me at my first job to 80,000 was just insane for me. I'd never made that much money before. And it's funny, I always get people in the comments that say, oh, you should have been making more, well, whatever. I need to make as much as I need to make to be happy. Everybody's got their number that they need, depending on where you're living, depending on, on how much you need to earn to pay your bills. Everybody's number's different. Not all of us need to make $200,000 because at the time I was living in Vegas and $80,000 would have been great because my mortgage was only 1500 bucks. So I was really happy about taking that second position. Now, the work itself wouldn't have been great. The work itself would have been like pretty much email templates. And there was the hope that they might start working in React with like a headless CMS for WordPress and all this stuff that might've happened. But the primary stuff that I would have been working on would have been email templates and just HTML and CSS. And I would have just been doing HTML and CSS for sweet $80,000 a year, but I wouldn't have had much growth. And I ended up taking the offer and during the background check and the drug test and all that crap, you know, before you start a job, I put in my two weeks notice at, at the, the other job. And then I got a call from Washington state where I had applied and they wanted to extend an offer. Like I said, when it rains, it pours. Now I have two offers on the table. I technically had accepted one and they started the process of calling all my references and doing all that stuff. And I, I signed the paper, like I signed a written offer and it was kind of shitty what ended up happening, but I decided to take the job in Washington state. It was with the real stack. It was spring boot and angular. It wasn't just email templates. It was more opportunity to grow and learn and like work with a real software development team building like a real application that served thousands and thousands of people in Washington state. It was just a cooler job opportunity that would have offered me more growth. Now I had to take a little bit smaller pay at the time because I technically had an $80,000 offer. So I considered myself making $80,000, even though I had technically not started that job, I was still technically making $56,000, but I was going to start that other job in a week for 80. And that was kind of where I was negotiating at because I wasn't thinking like, Hey, I, I make 50 and now I can make 75. I'm like, Hey, I just got an offer for 80. Do I want to take this job for, I think it was like 77 at the time. I end up taking the offer for the job in Washington state. My title when I worked at the state was applications developer, but basically I was a front end dev that did a lot of design and I worked with a lot of angular in spring boot, but I did some back end stuff too, but mostly again, front end stuff because I'm a front end guy. And at the time of accepting that offer, I was told that the state was restructuring their pay scales and that in three months within me being hired that I would immediately get about a 6% raise. And I will also get a cost of living raise, which is like another 2% or something. I had just happened to apply and get hired at like the perfect time that in a few months I would go from 77 to like 85 
four-ish. What was funny is that I had always heard people talk about going up in tax brackets and getting a raise and actually making less money than they did before because now the percentage that they get taxed is like double and that is exactly what happened to me. So I was actually taking home more money when I was making $77,000 a year versus when I got that bump four months down the road to like 84 and then I ended up getting taxed more and I actually took home like less money, which sucked. But I found out during orientation that I was a union employee. So I had like a really good pension package, which I ended up not getting fully vested in, but it's still there. If I go back, the health benefits were crazy good. I had amazing health insurance for my whole family for like $500 a month. If you consider that as part of the compensation, it was definitely more than $84,000 a year, but with, with the pension and how much they contribute and retirement and all that stuff and how much they were putting in towards, towards that for you, it was, it was a decent amount of money. I would have said it was, I was probably making closer to like 95 with total comp. Nonetheless, 84 is what I was making each year. I got a bump. And then by the time that I left there, I was right around like 88. Many of you know that I created videos, uh, burning out and quitting my job and talking about like just letting it all go and, and not working for a while and joining the great resignation and all that stuff. Well, when you have five years of experience as a developer, the minute that you quit your job, Every one of your buddies starts hitting you up. Every single recruiter starts hitting you up. Everyone who knows that you just quit your job will start contacting you and it's really hard to turn down good money. It's hard to get called and say like, hey, do you want to interview for this job that pays $150,000 a year or $200,000 a year on a contract? And you're like, mm, gee, I'll just pass. And even though at the time I was like super burnt out, this was in December, I ended up interviewing for a contract gig that I worked for a few months before I took my most recent job. And I wanted to mention the contract gig because sometimes as a developer, you might take on a contract and the pay is different because you can do a business to business or you can just take it as an independent contractor and then pay your taxes outside of your business and do it self-employed or start up a business and have the contract pay your business and then you pay yourself a salary or however you wanna do it. But basically in a contract, you're like a mercenary for code. You write code, they give you money. <laughs> Not really. You're pretty much just an employee without any of the benefits. You get you you get contracted onto a team, you augment that team, you help them build out stuff that they're working on, and a lot of times you might get hired on as a a full-time employee after your contract is over or they'll just keep extending your contract and you'll negotiate for more money. But I took this contract for $100 an hour. It was like 95, but $100 an hour sounds way better, but it was paying me like $95 an hour. This contract was for an AEM developer, web developer. AEM is a content management system that's similar to WordPress in a sense because it's a content management system, but it's completely different. It has a Java backend and you can do the front end however you want it, but if you use it out of the box, it has, has its own weird version of like, it's called HTL or Sightly, which is like some server side HTML templating thing that they do that it, it just, it kind of sucks, but whatever, it, it pays well. And my first job was a web developer, but we worked in AEM as well. And that's why I was getting contacted by people that I worked with before because they heard that I quit my job and I was also getting contacted by a lot of recruiters because AEM is a very niche stack and if you know AEM, there's a lot of big companies that pay really good money to have you build components for them and build out web pages for them in AEM because it 
it's just not that many people use it, not that many people know how to develop for AEM, which is, it's nice. That's why that contract paid so much for like a web developer, because technically, even though it's just like front end web development, it pays that much more just because of this stack. So it played out pretty well for me because now I have that experience and I get paid really good for it. My other friend, had a opportunity for me to interview for. So when he found out that I was unemployed before I picked up that contract, he was like, hey, I know we're gonna be looking for a front-end AEM developer soon. I'm gonna keep you posted. My boss already told me they're gonna post a job soon. As soon as they do, I'm gonna hit you up and, and, and try to get you in here. And this was the first time I kinda got a developer job because I knew somebody who worked there. My first two jobs, I, I, I didn't. I just interviewed on my own. Although I had a recruiter for that first job, I still didn't know anyone at the company or on that team. So it was kind of kind of cool knowing that I had like a, a guy on the inside who can tell me what was going on. But I decided to apply for it because it was full remote. It pays really well, which I'll get into how much I make there. And it was working with a good friend that I enjoy working with. And it, and it seemed like a really good opportunity. So I, I cut the contract freelancing gig thing short, didn't want to keep that. I thought about doing overemployment, but I, I didn't want to do it. I really didn't like the hours or the, the management and like just the bureaucracy of that place. It was like super, it was basically just meetings all day, which just, I, I hate meetings, but Nonetheless, I end up interviewing for this new role. It's a front-end AEM developer, my niche, my specialty, and I, I, I get the job and I negotiate for more money. And I knew more or less what the range was. They were they were fairly transparent with it and, and I shot high. So I asked for 130 initially. They came down to 120 and I came back and told them I want 125 base. They tried to give me a signing bonus instead of the, the base salary, but I decided that it was better for me to take the base salary because with a lot of time signing bonuses, you have to work a certain amount of time in order to actually get it. And I just didn't wanna you know, have to deal with that part of it. And I figured that a base salary would help me later on with cost of living increases and whatnot. It's just better in my opinion to have a higher base salary because that's what your bonus is based off of. That's what your, your percentages and cost of living increases are based off of. And if I would have taken less for a bonus upfront, later down the road, if I did stay for a long time, it would have benefited me more to have a higher base. So I said, all right, let's do 125 base with the 10% yearly bonus and, and I'll take it. Again, it's unlimited PTO. It's 100% remote within the US and it's uh, it's a good job. It, it's good benefits. It's it, good health insurance. And it it's a good team. I'm enjoying working there. And I'm definitely enjoying working with my buddy. And now to look back and see that like in five years, how, how big my increases have been, you always hear it. And I always say it, it's like the best way to get a raise is to get a new job. And it's very true. And, and unfortunately, there aren't many companies that understand that. And there aren't many companies that increase their developers' salaries yearly to compete with outside companies trying to take their developers because most of the time they give you a very small raise just enough to piss you off to go look for another job and that's what happens a lot of the times and I guess just to wrap this up I, I get comments where people are like oh 125 for five years bro you should be making like 250 300 I want to see their pay stubs I want to see their salaries because the truth is yeah I could make that if I move to San Francisco or if I move to New York or if I live 
in Seattle and work for a company that I have to commute to in Seattle, I'm sure I can make that. But considering that I'm 100% remote within the US and I make, you know, 137.5 with my bonus, although I don't like to incorporate bonuses into my salary because those change. Still, I make almost $140,000 a year. If anyone is going to tell me anything in the comments that that's not good, I would like to hear what other people think. And do you think that's good for five years of experience for a completely remote job? Do you think the increments that I've gone up from, from 50,000 to 80,000 to 125,000 in the last five years with no education, no college degree, a GD ninth grade dropout never had a tech job before in his life and was parking cars at a strip club right before he took his first web development job learning self-taught on his own for a whole year if where I'm at right now is bad or if you hope that within five years you can be somewhere similar to me I hope you can do more I hope I hope everybody makes money all right with all that said if you found this video helpful make sure you hit that like button and I'll see you next time